Welcome to today's fourth podcast of the Delia Dad podcast here in this awesome Monday night here on September 28th. So whenever you get to listen to it, you get to have an idea of when we recorded this particular session. But we've gone through three awesome segments so far. The first one, which kicked off our podcast called Lunes de Fe. The second one was called Monday Night, which we had a chance to be joined by Ricky Ram my brother and then last week we had a chance to go through a segment called lunes de apa which featured the entire ramirez tribe and some and so for today i would like to bring in to the podcast my dad once again Carlos Rene, into the podcast as i say hello what's up dad hey well it's so wonderful to be able to once again uh with nerves and everything be able to come once again into this monday to be able to offer a little bit of ourselves a little bit about what we have been engaged with and this particular monday is a very special monday for i have entitled it monday married men so for those of us who are in the life of a marriage, or perhaps you're thinking about it, or perhaps you are sailing through on getting to that point of marriage. Well, today, this particular Monday is to kind of look into that responsibility and love that it takes a man to be fully married to his commitment, to his part of loving uh, not only the wife, but everything that embodies it so we're going to be able to um you know plunge into it and be able to um actually fulfill ourselves in in what our responsibilities should be are hope to be but wake up that man in you to be that married man well it's an exciting episode as, as i know that everyone who is married all the guys who are married definitely one first of all are going to be able to relate on a personal level um, but then there's guys like me, where marriage is something that we're looking forward to and looking towards to. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, you, you ask the question, well, how do you do it? How do you prepare? And I know I've asked you many times, I mean, many times we've asked this question, how do you prepare for the sacraments of marriage? Because I'm sure you're going to share a little bit of your backstory, because that wasn't always the case with you. And, right. you know, for those of us who don't know, we're going to get to hear a little bit of that story. Um, but it definitely sheds light to one, the necessary preparation of what you have to endure so that when the time comes, you're ready to go. You know what to do. Um, not that it's a, it's a you know, one-time built-in you know, information where you got it once you're there, you know exactly what to do because obviously each day presents a, it's a new opportunity, a new challenge uh, within the context of marriage. That's correct. Because it's on you. And, and the, I think the, one of the biggest things is that you're not doing it alone. And there's one thing that you're gonna you're gonna get a chance to add, which I know I'm looking forward to because whenever we have a chance to talk about these things, um, especially one who is seeking marriage, is always excited to hear from those who are living it, have lived it, and can very well teach it. Especially with our generation, the way things are right now in society. And so I, I was really looking forward to this uh, podcast. I penciled it in, um, and it's really exciting to um, dive into this. Uh, particular uh, segment called Monday Married Man. So, go okay. ahead. <laughs> <clears throat> well, the reason that, that I wanted to share this is because um, 
Uh, marriage to me became something of a new spike interest. Um, and, and, and as what you were bringing up to note was that since the age of 10, um, I myself dealt for seven years with the question, should I become a priest? Should I become a Catholic priest? And I navigated that question of vocation for seven years. And it wasn't until I turned 17 uh, upon leaving a retreat um, that I finally ended up saying to God, no, on that question regarding the priesthood. But then after that, I said, okay, well, then it's no priesthood. And we opened then the door to well, what's going to happen in the future. And because I was very much involved in, uh, at the time with youth ministry and the importance of relationships and, and being able to have a good relationship with God and how that relationship with God had to be uh, blended into the relationships of boyfriends and girlfriends and just friends in general, yeah. I started to actually study a little bit more deeper into what a sacrament of marriage is. And the more I did, the more I, I said, well, this is more challenging than being a priest. <laughs> But uh, at the same time, um, I, I did notice that there was some excitement to it. And that kind of uh, gave me the notion that the Lord had something planned for me, that probably there was something coming up. Uh, and, and I really wasn't aware of it. Uh, But I just felt that that sensation that God is preparing me for something and I must, I must listen to God's will. I must listen to God's love. And in doing so, um, God puts everything in place and things happen to where um, I came about um, seeing a, a church friend, okay, because that was what Raquel was to me, a church friend. Um, we would confide in each other because of the different parishes that we were involved in and her music ministry was always something of a delight and uh, I would always uh, look forward to her on helping me put that music ministry of hers into a retreat, an encounter, a presentation, a conference, what have you. But that church friend, um, you know, it was upon well, one day that I stopped seeing her as a church friend and as a matter of fact it happened here at uh, St. Vincent de Paul Church in their own parish hall um, they were the, the young people or the community had was putting together uh, a, like a theater art uh, and, uh, what do you call it like, like a play okay and era una obra okay y Raquel um had dancing sessions or performances during that time but at the same time she was one of the main characters of the actual play and it took upon you know switching from dancing to coming up to uh, to being that role in, in that part of the play that I remember she was walking up that stage and I remember just seeing her and my god uh, I, I, I stopped seeing her as that church friend and it was like, oh, <laughs> and ever since then, a spark came about and um, we increased our friendship uh, and it took us to a different road. And um, to me, that, that was pretty much how God gives you the gift to make yourself aware of the love that he's presenting before you. But I had to, you know, as a man, you have to listen. And I think that many times, um, 
you have to listen to what is really in your heart. Um, not get blinded or misguided or, um, I don't know, uh, lose focus, but actually the importance of that individual. And to me, Raquel, you know, has always been a very, a very good friend, church friend. But now th there was something else. There's more of an attraction. And that attraction was full of joy. It, it was an attraction of being super happy being with her. And the feeling was mutual. Okay. Uh, and, and it happened so fast that from there, uh, let's say it happened in June. And by July, as a matter of fact, July the second, by two different going out for dinners, uh, things just come came together. And by July the seventh of 1985, we started our courtship, and that sailed through. And it seemed to us that we waited too long to get married, but actually we just waited uh, basically two years and ten days, you know, from that point. But the the idea of, of what i had discovered of the importance of marriage was very um how, how can i say it it was very deep for me because i wanted to do the right thing i wanted to have the right happiness that in books you read them and it sounds wonderful but then the human factor kind of destroys that yeah. a little bit and it pulls you away and if there's selfishness if there's uh, certain things that work work against what God has put together for you well then it, it's not going to sail through and, and many times you have that fear but with Raquel I had the confidence that she was going to um, understand the way I was understanding what marriage was going to be and in, in, in sharing, getting to that point of marriage, we were so solid as to what we wanted to create together that we needed each other for everything. And I think in marriage, a lot of people, um, although they want that, they have that envision, many times there is some uh, something that is not told, something that is kept secret, something that perhaps um, they are afraid to let it go and say it because maybe the other person is going to take it, you no, know, not the way you wish he or she would, you know, receive it. And they, they stay quiet about it. And right there, you're not being sincere. Uh, you're not being open. Uh, in our culture, <clears throat> there is always that famous phrase, especially from the elderly uh, family members, that they say, Ni todo el dinero, ni todo el amor which is a very ill advice because you're limiting on the love itself. You're limiting on life itself. And it, it's sad to hear that, uh, especially when you, you invest a study and not only do you know, but you understand, you get the wisdom out of this, of what marriage should be. And with Raquel, we were able to be on the same page. And not only that, be on the same line. You know, what do you mean by that? well, it's like when you're reading a paragraph, okay, um, we were actually following through exactly on the same note, on, on the same letter, okay, we, we, we came to be so open and sincere with each other that I remember the very uh, first day that we were officially the boyfriend-girlfriend <laughs> thing, 
um, I, I shared my experience of what had occurred to me in my previous relationships. And then she shared with me as well. Uh, and in doing so, we, we discovered that one of the things we did not want to do was go through that again. And because she knew what I had gone through and I knew what she had gone through, we understood each other to where marriage started to blossom in a tremendous way. We had a, a, a tremendous unity in, in, in caring for one another. And, and, and caring for one another, um, many times that's even pretend in some relationships. Uh, they play a role. They, they kind of kind of want to be nice because of a certain reason, okay? And, and, and when that happens, well, you're not being authentic. Yeah. You're not being true to each other. And that's one of the things that um, we were so much rooted into helping each other out, understand each other. And yes, we had our different likes. We had our different dislikes. Nevertheless, I knew that from her as she knew that from me. And it, it was um, one of the things that pretty much had us very much in common was that we were both, both very vested into the service of the church. She would do it through her music ministry in the liturgies, at the masses singing and, and being involved with the choirs and what have you. And I was very much at the altar. Uh, I was very much part of the liturgical service as an altar boy, taking care of all, all these kids that were altar serving and doing service for God through the church. And there was something in common that we understood that mass was of great importance. The life of the church was of great importance. And that made us understood that we needed to work as a team to be able to do two different things. You know, there were two main different ministries. They're both there at mass, but they have their different functions. Yet our relationship was pretty much like that. We had different gifts, different potentials, yet we will work them together for our own purpose, for our own reasoning, for our own love. And that created a bond that we wanted to create a foundation for our family. And we started, we started before marriage on creating that. And we worked hard on it. And, and you know, we had those challenges that from her side of family and even from my side of the family, uh, at times there was a little bit of a debate of, of things that that's not right, that, that shouldn't happen, that's too much. And nevertheless, within that marriage, um, we were able to fulfill. And, and, and today, which happens to be pretty much a, a, a hard day in a way, uh, today marks exactly 18 months of her passing on this um, September the 28th. It's a year and a half. Okay, and I went over to the cemetery, and it was very cold. <laughs> I went nice through the yeah, it was cold. But while being there, I, I really thanked her because thinking about you know tonight or and putting together the the podcast, I, I thanked her for the beautiful, not only years by day by day, moment by moment that we shared. Yes, I miss her tremendously, but my love for her is still there and is very profound um and i know and and, and and i and i know that us uh, we are very much still in in love per se on a spiritual level okay so i want to continue with that and, and the marriage is now on my end um you know that, that's one of the things that in, in the catechism of the catholic church 
um, it, it does bring out the point that it says that Christ instituted the sacrament of marriage when he attended the wedding at Cana feast through his preaching when he taught that the union of a man and a woman in marriage should be permanent until death. Well, here she can't do it anymore because she has passed. The Lord has called on her. She can't do that. That's why it's until death. But when it comes to me, I can still continue with that. And that's why I wear my ring because um, in a way, I still continue with that love. And, and I want to now try my best to keep her in heaven or get her closer to God, yeah. okay? <laughs> But that, that's the purpose of the marriage. When people don't understand that, that the husband's main job, main purpose, main love is to get his wife into heaven. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens with a wife. It's her purpose, it's her mission, it's her love to get her husband into, into heaven. Mm -hmm. And that reality, uh, it's not just words. It, it's a substance of love that has to be lived and carried out. Not pretend, not think of, Not that I wanted to, but actually do it, okay? So um, the, the, the gift that God gave me in, in that love was tremendous. And, and with Raquel, um, the marriage life was always a celebration, mm. okay? It was always a joy. Yes, again, there were times that we had our differences, but that did not interrupt the fullness of the love that existed, okay? Now, Sometimes our own humanity, our own human needs, yeah. uh, they kind of tear you apart or pull you to the side or pull you back or just take you out of focus. But it's important that we see that this marriage that a man has, you're responsible for that. And I think one of the hardest things to to do is, is that daily, um, the daily duties, I guess, when it comes to being able to love on the days you know those that day by day the moment by moment um and i know you you've explained a lot of these things how you've started and how were how you continued and where you are now i would like to backtrack real quick because when it comes to especially for like for example the new couples The new, the newlywed couples, and I know a few. I'm thinking of a few, uh, praying for a few. Um, you mentioned something very important: how you were honest and open about your past. And I kind of want to bring that up just a bit, only because that is one of the biggest questions and biggest hurdles that couples have to make before they even enter this union of marriage, unless they find out the hard way in marriage. Mm -hmm. And so, I guess my question is: how? Okay, how? Was it possible for you both to just be honest when it comes to those things? Because I remember, um, and I, I, I might, I might steal this or not, but you mentioned how one day you're you're talking to mom and you asked her, "What, what are you thinking about?" And then she said, "My ex." You know? Yeah. Now you put that in today's um, world, if you will. Oh, you have a fight like no other you know and it's, it's crazy they things are blown out of proportion and you risk even the relationship nowadays but what was your response and then and if you can go back to just how you were able to use that honesty that confidence to just share what was in your heart um to both so that both of you can come to that agreement 
and that trust that propelled you to move forward together? Well, in, 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 in doing so, I think that the number one first explanation of it or be able to, to capture this, to understand is that when you accept her, like in my case, as a married man or as, as that boyfriend or that fiance, um, when you accept her, you are accepting her as she is. And she's doing the same to you. And one of the things that I discovered, keep in mind, you know, since the age of 18, here I am being a youth minister, okay, a certified youth minister for the Diocese of Corpus Christi at the time. And when that happened, uh, and, and I, I, you know, Raquel and I were having this now uh, beautiful relationship being unfold before our very souls, um, I saw that there were certain things that she wasn't very what can i say how can i say it um very open on like on making a decision raquel is the number 10 in her family yeah. okay and i was of course the oldest of two my younger brother yeah. so big difference on where we're coming from nevertheless um i noticed that when it came to decisions uh, she really had a hard time to make a decision she was a baby of the house and being the baby of 10, uh, there, there's a lot of big brothers and big sisters that tu vete jugar, you, know, you go play, you're too, too small, you get out of here, and okay? go do this. And, and in decision making, the many families fail to do that is you have to bring the entire family and be part of it because everybody's going to be affected one way or another. And they have to understand at their own capacities, their own levels. And that's one of the things we started to work on. Well, with Raquel, um, I started to play a, a, a youth minister relationship game. I said to her, you know, from now on, we're going to play this game. Because there were some times that you were driving, and all of a sudden, the radio is off. Nobody's saying a word, okay? And when that happens, the game was either or. Either she would do it, I would do it. Pop the, famous, the question. The famous Pop question. The famous questions. What are you thinking? The rules were, you can't say nada. You can't say nothing. Okay, because the brain is always doing something. Right? There's a thought all the time. So we had to forcefully say the truth of what we were thinking that moment. Okay, And then, of course, the other person had to respect what the person was thinking. Okay, So, yes, we were going through um, uh, Zapata Highway, turning into Guadalupe, right through the underpass. And as we're making that little turn where the Guadalupe flea market is, um, she, she went silent and I, I popped a question. You know, and I asked, ¿Qué piensas? What are you thinking? And the first words immediately, spontaneously, they came out was, my ex. Okay. And I said, okay. And we continued driving a little bit more. And then my next question was, why? <laughs> okay. And she said, well, because there, there was a, a yellow truck there. And right now that I saw, and it reminded me when I was going with my ex, that we were going through this area and a car came and crashed into that yellow truck. It was not the same one or the or similar one, but it's just the, the yellow truck. And then I said, well, then why didn't you say yellow truck? You said your ex. <laughs> because I remember that I was with him first, okay? And I remember that we started to laugh about it, okay? And, and to me, I had to be open on that and I had to respect that, okay? Because if, if, I don't, if I really wanted to mess it up, you can't blow it out of proportion like that. Yeah, yeah. So we, we did have a, a very beautiful conversation about it, but it was the openness for one another. Okay, We forever laughed about it. 
okay? And she would say, I can't even believe that. And I said, well, do believe it because you were honest with what you were thinking. You don't have to, you didn't have to pretend with me saying, how should I say it? You know how he is. You know, those, those relationships, they, they need to get healthier, okay? They need to get healthier because that is one of the roots of being able to be open and sincere with one another. Because if you have to think how you're going to say things to your loved one so that he or she can get it or understand without getting upset, I'm sorry, como dicen en español, ya valió, okay? There's, there's something that has to be really worked there. So um, we did have those experiences and it was always a very, uh, again, moments to grow on. And I know it's it's one it's safe to say but two it's like regrettably that the time frame that you and mom had a chance to 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 meet and talk and to grow in that courtship that eventually led to a beautiful and has led to a beautiful marriage is very different than from now right why do I say that well because for, there's a lot of fear especially when it comes to uh the honest the honestness the openness the um being ourselves mm -hmm. because of all these masks or filters that we put um for today's couple how do you remove that fear how do you remove that filter how do you remove that mask to just be honest because there's one there's one thing to say be honest but what does that entail at least when it comes to since we're talking about the married man for the man himself to be able to simply remove any fear and move forward with the honesty that needs to be given? Well, I believe that uh, regardless of the time, regardless of the fashions, regardless of whatever society is living up to, I think that the fundamental purpose here is the understanding of what love is. Um, a lot of people still don't get it of what love is and many times it's not their fault I say that to I say that to couples and parents that many times we are conditioned to think or feel or act or be a certain way and we fail to be ourselves we fail to be the person that God has created in us to be able to love he is the source of love and when we don't understand that we don't get it well that's our first problem so as a man Many times we, we have to really um, listen to what God is saying to us, okay? Um, we, we may not be as lucky as St. Joseph that in every dream there's God talking to him and, and he's guiding the Son of God, okay, and the Mother of God uh, in a certain way. Perhaps we're not that lucky or blessed to do so, but God continues to, to talk to us. But we have to learn how to listen. Okay, and when you do that, and that's like the explanation of the famous triangle in marriage. There's three points. On the very top, there's God. On one point of the bottom is the husband, and the other one is the wife. And, and that triangle of marriage is has to be solid. And the only way to have it solid is that the, the husband may have a good relationship with God. The wife may have a good relationship with God. When those things happen, well, God can have a relationship with each one and at the same time. Well, of course, then the solid between the wife and, and, and the husband is going to be there because it's brought in from the source of love. 
we need to do that as far as a man is concerned because my responsibility as a man was to take care of her to love her okay and i had to understand her i had to see everything of her okay and many times there are some men that uh the, their selfishness many times wins over of taking care of her and vice versa okay and vice versa sometimes the selfishness of, of some women um i want it this way okay yeah. and i want for you to tell me this way uh, then you're, you're loving more yourself than you're loving the relationship that you have there and and it's sad because you know marriage that is supposed to be fulfilled to where it's common language okay um it's no longer my truck it's no longer my checkbook it's our checkbook it's no longer my kids it's our kids so marriage is it brings us together in, into one whole but we need to work at it we, we need to be open and willing for it in other words uh, just like you know um deny yourself pick up your cross and follow me you're doing it that way okay you have to die to yourself because i want her happy i want him happy and in doing so um you will both walk the talk yeah okay and, and and that's one thing that raquel you know mentioned a lot when she was going through her journey of cancer because we had the most difficult times we had something that we had no control of and, and it was very challenging because it was hurting her and to me Ah, it was so difficult because I couldn't do anything other than just be there. So for us to love that way, uh, at least to be there, you know, you saw me many times that she was sitting down and she was hurting and here I am, I'm just, you know, massaging her back. Okay, you guys saw that a lot because she would just cling on to my waist and we would just say there say nothing, but that moment was so precious. Okay, that moment was so full of gifts. And many times um, throughout our lives, we have to listen to what's around us. Okay, um, I myself growing up, I saw some people that I said, wow, he really loves her. Wow, she really loves him. And there were couples in marriage. There were families, especially with the uh, young people that I was working with. And that's one of the things that uh, I, I remember dearly. Uh, and I've even, even seen right now those young people that we were uh, ministering to and, and loving. Now they have become husbands. Okay. And we used to have you guys last week talked about, you know, your friends. Well, as as a couple, we, we used to have our young people as being our friends. Those that we minister and work with, you know, they were our friends. And I, I remember that there's a couple, uh, not necessarily a couple of these two guys that were always hanging around our house and, and uh, good friends of ours, you know, Lazaro and, and, and Jaime, Chepe. Uh, yeah, he, he, they would come in and, and it was famous because Raquel always had, when they would come in, either they knew about it, I think they would smell it, but we always have fish sticks. Raquel would do fish sticks and then and, and that dinner they would show up for that okay and they weren't even invited because they just came to visit yeah. but we always had fish sticks you know when when they would get here and that was something hilarious but um as a matter of fact she would start to and sure enough she started the, the fish sticks and then they would show up you know what you know it was great but 
I see them now and they have become wonderful married men. I am so proud of them. Okay. Lazaro with his family. Uh, he always is teasing his, his wife, which is a beautiful young lady that, you know, I saw her grow up at Holy Redeemer. And the relationship that they have and the way they've been taking their kids is wonderful. Chepe, the same thing. You know, Jaime. Uh, he, he has been very symbolic. He And he has been very much part, they have been very much part of our, our marriage itself. Um, I have to say this too, though. I, um, and I have to say it in Spanish. Había un, un señor que yo conocí, una familia, y, y precisamente a, a él siempre le he dicho Don Manuel, sí, Don Manuel Garza. En él aprendí ver cómo el hombre sí ama a su esposa, cómo la cuida, cómo la trataba, el cariño que le tenía, sí, la paciencia. Digo que le tenía porque él ya falleció, pero fue un hombre que yo aprendí creciendo que cuando yo dije, cuando me case, yo quiero ser como él, ¿sí? Cómo trataba a su esposa, la amaba, ¿sí? Y se miraba que ella era todo para él, ¿sí? Y esa familia yo la respeto mucho, ¿verdad? Pero sí, eh, eh, don Manuel, uh, fue algo que yo aprendí mucho de él y me lo traje conmigo, o sea, aprendí de él. Y pues, it, it, it's something that you, you learn from other people. You know, there was a lot of couples that I was involved with, with um, the choice movement. And, you know, we have a lot of people, a lot of couples that would help because of their kids and the love of their family. That's something that I also picked up. And one of the things I would tell Raquel was that, you know, when these kids grow up, I don't want to say, you know, um, when we were younger, we used to do this in the church because we would stop doing that. And Raquel and I had that agreement that, tráetelos, vámonos, okay? And all of you, um, some of you may say that probably you suffered through that, <laughs> or probably you enjoyed it, but you had a lot of, uh, a lot of events that you participated. Y, even your mom, se van a quedar aquí sentados, no se van a mover, voy a cantar aquí enfrente, no se mueven, no se vayan. Yeah, yeah, you've had a lot of that, okay? Because both ministries, on her playing with her music, with the Spanish traditional group and what have you, and me going to retreats and participating in different church events, uh, you guys grew up with that. That was part of our foundation, okay? Nos decían, déjemelos aquí. No, tienen que ir con nosotros. They have to come with us. And, and, and both grandmas, you know, uh, abuelita and, and mamá grande, they, they wanted to take care of you guys. But no, tienen que ir con nosotros. Tienen que ir a ver lo que estamos haciendo. Yeah. Es que están chiquitos. No, ya sé, con más ganas. Con más ganas. See? So that, those were things that, you know, growing up, uh, we had to take everything into consideration. One more thing uh, before I, I, I have you share. Um, no, no, one, one, one more thing is that, you know, when we get married, Um, you, we, we usually think that I'm bringing in my side of the family and, and Raquel is bringing in her side of the family. Well, yes, that, that is true. But there's two more things that we need to find out. One, we agreed that your mom was going to bring out the best of her family for upraising, turn it around, face it before me. I was going to bring out the best of my family, turn it around and kind of massage it to where it's going to be created or mold form into our own okay our style but one other thing the second thing is it's not just one family okay 
Raquel es Gutierrez Ramos. So actually, there's two families. Yeah. Okay. In my in my side, it's Ramirez Gloria. Yeah. Okay. So actually, we're not coming just with one set of family. It, it's it's a, it's a pair yeah. of families. Okay. And that is something very important for us to understand because I, as a as a married man, need to understand where she's coming from and accept that. Yeah. Okay. Now let's work on it together for us, our marriage and our families and have those roots for us. But it's something that we have to take into account. Yeah. I think it's very important because, it, and I think it's an eye opener for many because they're so used to hearing, okay, you take the best of your family, take the best of your family and then put it together, right? Yep. They hear that. Mm -hmm. But I think, at least for me, this is the first time I hear the reality of how they're taking the best of two families right. put together right. on both sides. And I, that changes because there's some things that perhaps might have happened with the family that's normally not mentioned as opposed to your immediate family. You see what right. I mean? Right. Yet, you still live the results of what took place. Yes. You know? Good and bad. Mm -hmm. You know? And I, I think that's really something important for couples to ponder and maybe even, even, maybe even ask um, about that other family that they maybe subconsciously don't know that we're also bringing in. Yes. Now, what took place with the other family? Like, what took place with mom's family, dad's family? Like, what happened and how we can use those lessons to integrate it into our new family, right? Because I don't think they ask the question. Usually, it's just mom and dad. But what about the two different families? Right. What did they do? Because it can be a blessing and, and even an enhancement based on what they did to be able to make the best of what their marriage is right now. Yeah. So I really like that. And, and, and of course, not only on the aspects of families that we're talking about, but you also get impacted into, you know, your co-workers. Yeah. Okay. And what they go through. And when I say co-workers, you also, you know, I, I you know, what comes to me, uh, to my mind is also the, my bosses that I had. Okay, and what I've seen, especially when there's a couple, okay, and, and I have to say that uh, for 16 years when I was working for the doctor, you know, I, I remember their relationship, I remember their families, and they were part of me. You know, I've seen these wonderful girls now grow up, and it's a beautiful thing seeing that family. And the, and the craziness is that when it comes to work, well, I had that experience of a couple, but then again, I had the experience of having. Uh, at one point, a Catholic priest, a Catholic bishop <laughs> as my boss. Um, I also had the experience of having 11 bosses in one time working in an ISD. Okay, and that was crazy, but that's a different story. But, you know, that's one area. The area of school, the area of church, okay? The area of friends, the area I, that we just talked about, families. And then again, the, the area of, of hobbies. Uh, I didn't have hobbies. I was so busy all the time with ministry that I didn't have time for myself. I, and, and my friends were the product of the people that I was ministering to. Okay, I would say that two of my friends that I considered because of the, the, the way they, they touched and impacted my life was when I was working at, um, at the diocese, you know, uh, Bennett and, and Goyo. Oh, and, I, and I get emotional because they helped me so much, you know. They were my shoulder, they were my, my arms. I mean, you know, I could, you know, I, I could confide in them. I could, you know, just be myself. And they would tease me because of the way I was. But, you know, uh, those of you that know Bennett, was Bennett McBride from, from KHOI and Goyo Lopez. 
you know, everybody knows Goyo. But them two, to me, their, their married life is also a great example, okay? And we would, you know, uh, share from one another, from each other uh, experiences. But, you know, the, the, those, those are the friends that uh, outside of everything that I've always involved, to me personally, uh, they, they became so much uh, of uh, an importance in my life when it came to the married man. And I think it's important for us to really emphasize that importance. That for us as men, we we need, you know, a, a maybe a handful or less than a handful group of men that we can confide in and trust. Um, because, you know, we, we think about, you know, maybe in culture, it's like, you know, no, you don't need anything. You can do it on your own, you know, just, you know. But the reality is that, no, there's certain things that other men can do that women can't I mean right. just say we, we, it's, yeah. it's reality there's other things that men can help you with that women can't and so for the married man he needs to have a one or two like you mentioned anywhere from two to five you know and after that it's like okay you know chill <laughs> but for now you know two to five good solid men that they can count on they can rely on and they can help each other grow and challenge each other to even be better men yeah. right and and one of the things one of the ways I actually learned that was you know going back to our, our third episode um, was with the Knights of Columbus just the the um, production that they put out when it comes to uh, it's called Into the Breach and I really learned a lot about that fraternity that brotherhood in one of those segments so I invite you to, to take a look at that um, but again it lays out the importance of not doing this alone rather having a group of people who can help you so that you can be the best man for your bride. Right, yes. And, and of course, um, Raquel always would say that she married her best friend. Oh, okay. And that's why I would call her mi todo y más. Okay. Uh, and and, and I, I have to say that Raquel was more than a wife to me. You know, uh, Raquel was indeed a true friend. And she was my world. You know, mi todo Imas, okay, uh, my everything and more, and she continues to be that, and uh, it's now in a spiritual relationship, but nevertheless the love is there, okay, and I think that's what makes me stronger today, especially today, you know, marking this year and a half of her passing, yet what we have shared together and what we are enjoying, she was very much totally part of it and responsible for it. Okay. And I think that's one of the things that brothers, your kids, um, definitely are looking forward to one day. That the vocation of marriage was even more highlighted, more brought up, more um, enlightened in our hearts because of the witness that you and mom gave. And I think it's like one of those, I can't wait to be able to do at least what you did or try to imitate it, you know, just like you had your um, friend that you saw that mm -hmm. you know, he catered to you the, the, the example that's kind of what we hope to do one day yeah. despite of everything that's taken place in the past or whatever the case is through the faults or whatever the case is um, with what we're living with it's still possible and it's still uh, something and it's a goal to reach and so the married man is definitely one of the segments I know where a lot of people are going to look forward to because they can relate and so um, any final and closing thoughts well, I would say to any person who is married or in preparation for marriage or thinking about it or just stalling, <laughs> whatever the case may be, one of the things that I learned from a friend, uh, used to be my boss, okay, at Holy Redeemer, Father Jose Romero, uh, 
was understanding the importance of the wedding of Cana, that it took Jesus from Mary, uh, being obedient, to perform the first miracle. And by that, he sanctified, he instituted marriage. Okay, so I say to every single married couple, invite Jesus and Mary to your marriage. Because at one point, your wine is going to run out. And they will provide the best wine ever. And I think that when we did that, we invited Jesus and, and Mary to our wedding and to our marriage. They've been with us all this time. That's awesome. And then for us who aspire one day, we hope to do the same thing. Because there's no better love than to have the love of Jesus and Mary in the midst of that marriage between husband and wife. What are you grateful for? I know you can say many things, but what are you grateful for right now? I'm grateful for the blessing that I had in your mom, the friend that I had in her, and the love that God has manifested and have given the fruit of it all with you guys. And I'm grateful for all that too. I, I can't top that too. So I'm definitely grateful for that, for you, dad, for your mom. And I had a chance to go visit her today as well in the cemetery. It was really nice and I, I talked to her about you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, definitely grateful for you both. And, and that, that, that love continues even today. So with that being said, uh, we sign off from my dad, Carlos Lene, myself, Carlos Rob. Um, may you look forward to the next episode. Again, this was called The Married Man, Monday's Married Man, and we get to do this every fourth Friday. And so uh, we look forward to seeing you and hearing from you. Again, you can email at dileadad.com. If you have any questions, any stories you want to share. Um, that, that's the future website. That's, sorry, I'm not, that's the website, sorry. Uh, I'm talking about the website, my fault. Diliadad at gmail.com. Sorry, thank you so much for the clarification. So again, if you have any questions in regards to these topics or the topics that we've had the last four Sundays, um, because this actually concludes the four main Sundays, four Mondays, sorry, four main Mondays uh, when it comes to the topics. Um, so again, if you have any questions, any stories you want to share, um, or anything you'd like to hear from here on out, uh, email us at diliadad at gmail.com. And yes, pray for us. We have the website coming up soon. And so pray for us on that. Definitely so. All righty. So, well, from us here, we say so long. Have a great night. And uh, as always, Dilia Dad, God bless.